one of a series we're calling Stir. Today, we're going to talk about stirring our relationship with Jesus, our, our personal devotion, our, our personal life. We are getting ready uh, for our annual uh, week of prayer and fasting. We, we fast in January, and then we do 21 days of prayer in August as well. We, we really believe that the foundation of our church uh, is on our relationship with God, specifically our prayer life. We believe that the church is built on prayer uh, more than anything else. It's built on Jesus, obviously the foundation, but our prayer life really is foundational. I said this last service in the middle, but I really believe that 2023 could be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna be the best year. If you're gonna make all the money, you're gonna lose all the money. You're gonna have the best relationships, the worst relationships. I don't know any of that. But I do know that if you have the best year spiritually, you'll be prepared for whatever this year may bring. And so I wanna, I wanna kind of stir that up today. I wanna stir up our, our personal relationship with Jesus. We're gonna go a four-week journey with this, this uh, series called Stir. Here is the, uh, the verse that I wanna use, two verses in 2 Timothy. It says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you the laying on of my hands. That's through, through prayer that, that Paul went to Timothy and, and laid his hands on him and he received the, the gifts of the Spirit. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's stir up the gift. We're gonna talk about that next week, stirring up the gifts God has given us. Week three, we're gonna talk about stirring up our faith. And then week four, we're gonna talk about stirring up the, the relationships God has blessed us with in this life. Today, the foundation of, of stirring up the gift and the faith and relationships got to be our relationship with Jesus. And I love this series title. It kind of reminds me, it's, it's kind of a churchy title. If you're new to church, there's some churchy things that happen. Like you know it's just a church title when you just do a one-word series. Just stir. What does that mean? I don't know. We're gonna stir it. Just Christianese, if you will. If you've been in church for a while, you know we have our own language. For the next four weeks in this STIR series, a very churchy series, I'm gonna give you some church lingo. I'm gonna do about four or five a week over the next four weeks, just letting us know if you're new to church, this is a Christian language that you may not have any context to. It's called Christianese. Christianese. Just things that we say that may not make a lot of sense, like, and specifically with our devotional life as we go into a week of prayer and fasting, we, we call that our quiet time. If you're a Christian, you know that's my quiet time. I'm gonna go have my quiet time. Well, if you're not a Christian, it doesn't make any, are you, like you're gonna be quiet? Like just talk, you're just gonna sit with yourself? Is this like a self-reflection thing? When a Christian says quiet time, they mean they're gonna go spend some time with the Lord. Maybe they're gonna read their Bible. Maybe they're gonna write a little journal. Maybe they're gonna have a devotion. Who knows? But that's what quiet time means. It's a Christian term that if you're not a Christian, you have no idea what that means. Here's the second one, and I've done this before. All of these I've been guilty of, so I'm not, I'm not laughing uh, at you. I'm laughing with you and maybe at you at some of these. But we, we pray for traveling mercies. You get a group of Christians together going on a trip, God, we just pray for traveling mercies. Like his mercies didn't travel, so we have to pray for them? What if we pray for staying mercies or residential mercies or church mercies? Like, I, don't, I don't get it. Here's another one. If you grew up maybe a little more uh, uh, Pentecostal, charismatic, you know, I just have a check in my spirit. What does that mean? Where is the check? Is it like in a box? 
Can you put an X? Do you have an X in your spirit? I got checking my spirit. Here's the last one, and this is gonna offend a, a lot of, of people probably because I hear this a lot, and I heard it a lot growing up in my Baptist church. I hear it a lot here. You get in a small group, maybe you're in a circle, and you're, you're called on to, 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 to do prayer requests, and uh, we're gonna go around and do prayer requests, and, and somebody's praying for something, and somebody else is praying for something, and it gets to somebody in the circle, and they look around at everybody with a straight face and says, I have an unspoken. We asked for prayer requests. If it's unspoken, why did you speak about it being unspoken? Seems like that's just between you and the Lord. I don't know why we're talking about your unspoken request. What am I supposed to pray? All of it. God, just do all the things that you're, you're gonna, just Christian language. Somebody's so mad, Pastor. Prayer. It's to be prayed out loud. If I have a request, I need to know about it so that I can pray about it. If not, you just, you pray about it by yourself. <laughs> Unspoken. You ever seen this one too? This isn't me. I, I've been this a few years ago. Yeah, I'm talking about prayer today. You ever, you ever been in a, a prayer line and uh, you, you know that it's your turn to pray because the person next to you squeezes your hand? First off, I remember, I remember being like fourth grade and, and being in Sunday school, and I, I probably shouldn't be confessing this, but you know, you just go find the pretty girl that you want to hold hands with. That was all. Like, I'd, I'd love to pray. Yes, let's pray. Maybe we could pray after school as well if you would like to, just together. But when you'd pray, if you got nervous, it was a big prayer circle. You didn't have to actually pray because nobody had their eyes open unless they were going to hell. And so... So you could just pass that prayer chain along. You know what I mean? The person on your left squeezes your hand and instead of praying, you just squeeze the person on the right and nobody knows except for those two people. Maybe you could just make an agreement and all three of you just squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. You send that thing around real quick. If you do a lot of squeezing, you can pray for unspokens a lot faster. <laughs> Stir is this, this Christian word, but it, it's got this idea that it needed, we, my, my prayer is that we shake some things up this year. As we're heading into a new year, we're celebrating nine years as a church. I believe God's got some fresh vision for our, our church. We're going to be talking about that throughout the, the four weeks. So I believe it's time to kind of stir it up again. Sometimes when, when something sits for too long, it gets stagnant. In fact, I was reading about uh, uh, this week uh, with some of our team shared with me that how the Apollo 13 kind of disaster, the explosion happened because there was something that malfunctioned in, uh, in the rocket, but it was malfunctioned due to a normal thing. A lot of times they say they, they stirred the tanks and that's what caused the explosion. That's not actually true. The stirring of the tanks on a rocket has to happen so there's proper combustion for it to keep going as fast and as long as it can. There was something else that was faulty that the stirring of the tanks actually caused it to explode, but it wasn't the stirring of the tanks themselves. Why am I telling you this? Because when you stir the tanks to have a, a liftoff, a, a launch of a rocket or a launch of something new in our life, you have to stir the tanks because the components or the particles in the tank, they settle in different areas. And so you do not have the proper uh, 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 density. You don't have the proper uh, uh, particles spread around to combust if it's not, they're not stirred. Also, you cannot get a proper reading of what's left in the tank if it's not stirred up. 
because it can sit and it can separate and you don't know what you actually have between hydrogen and oxygen if you don't stir the tanks. My goal for our time together today with our personal relationship with Jesus is that we stir the tanks of our life. That I believe there are some things in your life that maybe are stagnant. I believe there's some things in your life that may be out of place. And I believe this message and this series is gonna stir the tanks to, one, make sure that you uh, combust, that you have the proper reaction, the proper time in your relationship with God, but also that you have a proper reading of what's actually going on in your life. How can we change? How can we shift? How can we do what we're supposed to do if we don't know where we are currently? And to get a proper reading spiritually, I believe sometimes we have to stir the tanks. That's what I wanna do today. I wanna use Daniel chapter one, verses six through 21, talking about prayer and fasting, talking about doing things just a, a little bit differently in our life. I believe this season of prayer and fasting will be foundational for you individually and for us as a church. I really believe that. Daniel says this, uh, says this in the book of Daniel chapter one. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered you to eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. When, uh, Please test us for 10 days on the diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who'd been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual appetite or aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. When all the training period uh, was ordered, uh, the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times more capable than any of the other magicians or enchanters in his entire kingdom. And Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of, of King Cyrus. Why am I reading about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego talking about prayer and fasting? Because what happened here is not just for them, it's a picture for us today. See, the Babylonians would take these young men as slaves, they would travel these four 900 miles, 900 miles to separate them from their way of life. What they would do is they would change their names, they would change their diet, they would change everything about them, separate them, hoping to weaken them, change them, to pressure them to conform to the values and culture of Babylon. 
And what we read here is that Daniel and his, his friends decided not to fit in, but to stand out. They decided not to adjust to the world around them, but instead be exactly who they were called to be. And I believe this season of, of stirring our personal relationship with Jesus, and specifically this week in prayer and fasting, we have a decision to make. Will we conform to the ways of the world? Will we begin to look like the world around us, talk like the world around us, act like the world around us, or will we stay faithful to what God has called us to? And I believe this is a practical way, praying and fasting is a practical way to separate from the things of this world and make sure we prioritize the things of God. See, Daniel was a man of principles, a man of faith, and he passed this test where he said, no, I am going to stick to the things of God. We read here about Daniel and his friends doing a type of fast, and all throughout scripture, fasting goes along with prayer. Prayer and fasting, and we see that prayer and fasting produces great results with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I believe if we will stay true and faithful to the things of God, if we will not conform to the patterns of this world, that I believe we will see it produce great results in our life as well. My goal is that we may be walking in a season of Babylon like Daniel was, and we are, by the way, that the world is trying to change us, defile us, tempt us, but we have a decision to make that we can be living in Babylon, but that Babylon won't be living in us. And I believe this is the first step to, to stir the tanks in the right way to make sure we have the appropriate amount of integrity, the appropriate amount of the presence of God, the appropriate amount of all the things we need to live well in this life. And it starts with our relationship with God. So today, I wanna talk about prayer and fasting. Write that down. We're talking about prayer today. It's a really simple message. I believe as we head into this week of fasting starting tomorrow, across all of our locations, my only goal, spoiler, my only goal is for us to be prepared for seven days of praying and fasting. That is the point of today's message, that we walk into this season, walk into this week well. And I wanna give you the details right now. Team's gonna have it on the screen, I believe, the fasting, our, our resources, and some of the things that we have. Our church-wide fast uh, is coming up. Um, I thought it was gonna have way more resources than that. I was told to, <laughs> was told to highlight it, and that's just basically a creative way of saying exactly what I just said. <laughs> Thanks for doing that to me, team. Our fast is gonna be this week. Uh, I'll continue, you can put the normal graphic back up, though, we're good, thanks. Um, it's gonna be this week, and uh, we're gonna have it at our locations, and it's gonna be 6.30 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 a.m. on Saturday, and then we're gonna end with a special encounter night. Uh, with Pastor William McDowell is gonna be here and it's gonna be an amazing night. Here's what I'm believing. I'm believing all week we are going to pray and we're gonna fast and I'm really believing on Sunday night and encounter night that we're gonna see God begin to answer some of the things that we've prayed and we fasted for. I believe it's gonna be a powerful night in God's presence and through worship, through the word, through communion, I really believe that God's gonna do something special. And so that's gonna be our week of prayer and fasting. What is prayer and fasting? I'll talk about prayer first. Prayer is this. Prayer is, is, is more simple than you think. Prayer is not scary. So many times, you're like, oh, it is scary. If you get asked to pray in public, it's scary. You ever been asked, like, you're in a group, you're at a family dinner, or maybe Christmas, over the Christmas holidays, and, and they're like, you, you want to pray? You're like, uh, me, pray? What? 
yeah, you're a Christian, right? You're like, yeah, but like out loud? Like now? No, prayer isn't scary. It's not scary. And if you come to any of my family dinners, I have to pray at all of them because they're like, oh, let the pastor pray. He's a professional Christian. No, everybody can pray. <laughs> prayer is not scary. It's not religious. And it's not as complicated as you think. It's just not that complicated. I'll give you three different kind of parts of, of, of spending time with God in prayer. The first one is this. Write this down. Sitting. Prayer is not always just talking, it, it, it's sitting. Psalm 37, verse seven, be still before the Lord and wait patiently on him. Be still and wait patiently on him. Prayer oftentimes should be just sitting with God, receiving what he has for you, putting some worship music on and, and allowing yourself just to sit in the presence of God. Here's the second one, listening. Prayer is sitting, prayer is listening. Mark 4, 24, then he added, Jesus, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more, under, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. Sitting and listening. That there are things that God is trying to say to us, but in our prayer time this week, and as a habit in our devotional life, our spiritual life, we should do more sitting and listening. God, what are you saying? God, what do you want me to do? Which way should I go? Which path should I take? What am I supposed to do? Sitting, listening. Here's the third one, talking. There's a conversational piece to God in our communication with him. Matthew 7, verse 7, keep on asking and you'll receive what you asked for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Sitting, listening, and talking. It's a conversation. It's just, it's just a conversation. And the Holy Spirit is your comforter. He's your power. He's your perspective. He's your friend. It's just a conversation. It doesn't have to be in the King James Version. My granddad, uh, one of my grands always prayed like he was reading out of the King James, like, thy father. It's the son. <laughs> Thou art the. No, you, just use the normal words you use. Well, some of you don't use all the words you use. <laughs> Sitting, listening, and talking. I want to teach you kind of a, a leadership principle and then tie it into this, this idea uh, of what our prayer life should look like with God. There are different roles. The same person can play different roles in different meetings and different settings. Let, let me illustrate this. Let's just use me for an example. If I'm sitting with maybe somebody in our church or somebody in our city who's a prominent business person, they've made millions of dollars, built a huge business, hundreds and thousands of employees. If I'm sitting with them, I know at that meeting, my job is to talk less and listen more that I don't have as much to offer this conversation as you do. Now, the other way, if I'm traveling and representing Action Church, maybe I'm at a church and I'm speaking or consulting a, a church planner and we're at a, a, a boardroom or a meeting or uh, at a dinner table, 
I'm going to be doing a lot more talking because they brought me in to teach, to explain, to consult. So the same person in a different setting takes on a different posture. There are times when I'm called to talk and there's times when I'm called to listen. And I don't want to blow your mind today, but in prayer, you're not that guy. You're not that good. You're not the mentor. What I mean is talk less and listen more. I just picture the Trinity for some of us being like, can you, this guy just doesn't shut up. <laughs> You've been at that dinner table. Come on, I've been at the round tables in, in our Christian world where I fly to go see a, a church or my pastor is pastor of one of the greatest churches in America and I'm there, I'm in Birmingham, I'm, I'm listening, I'm taking notes, and he's been doing this for 30 years, and a man of integrity and consistency, and I'm sitting next to some 26-year-old church planner that just started, and he's dominating the conversation, telling everybody that what he did, the six weeks in his existence as a church, like, good job, bub, shut up. I don't know your name or what city you're from, but I didn't fly to your city to listen to you, I'm here to listen to Pastor Chris. Don't be that guy in your prayer life that you talk so much. Now, if you're not gonna, I'd rather you talk too much than not talk at all. But there is so much that God wants to say to us if we would just sit and listen a little bit more. What does that look like? Reading the word of God. Consistently allowing the word of God to speak to you. Asking God to speak to you as you begin to open up the word. Asking God to speak to you through times of worship that it's a, conversation, it's a communication, it's not just us talking or venting or getting something off of our chest, it's sitting, listening, and talking as well. Prayer and fasting. Talk about fasting for a second, and if I could just be really transparent, I hate fasting. I hate it. If you like fasting, I feel like something's wrong with you. Now, I love the results of fasting. I love what it produces. But man, I've never circled this week on the counter and been like, man, can't wait to not eat. <laughs> no. So if you're like, I'm, I'm kind of dreading this, me too. I was talking to, to Gabby the last three days, just planning out every meal I'm gonna have so I make sure that I just, I get everything I want before tomorrow night. <laughs> or tonight. It's already Sunday. Oh, it's over. We're starting tomorrow. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I was preparing yesterday. Oh man, we're even closer, Eddie. Yeah. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. Fasting is something that every believer needs. Because here's the deal if prayer connects us to God, fasting disconnects us from the world. So what Daniel is showing us in Daniel 1 is, is we can have proper communication with God, we can be following God, but the world is still gonna try and influence us. The world is still going to try and, and, and have a, a hold on us, and what fasting does is it disconnects us from the distractions of this world and allows us to focus on God. Because there is nothing that, that feeds our flesh. This is really simple. There is nothing that feeds our flesh. Make no mistake about it. You are a triune being. You are spirit, soul, and body, flesh. There is nothing that feeds your flesh like food. So when you lay down something that your body needs 
to live, you are prioritizing another part of your being, your spirit. Therefore, your spirit begins to lead, not your flesh. You're not led by your desires or what you want. You're led by the things of God. We're connecting to God and we're disconnecting from the world. There should be seasons in every believer's life of fasting. Mark 9, verse 29 says this. Jesus said to them, this kind, this kind of spirit, this kind of disease, this kind of demon will not come out with nothing but prayer and fasting. There are things that will not happen in your life unless you let God lead it. And one of the only ways that you can prove to yourself that your spirit is in control is to lay down your flesh and fasting is that mechanism. John Piper, pastor, says this, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment, contentment with the absence of Christ in our life. That if we don't have a desire to put him first, that it shows that we have an absence of, of what we really want from the things of God. How do we get ready to fast? I wanna give you a couple of thoughts, about seven or eight things. Before we get into this list of seven, really practical, I wanna make sure that I set us up well this week to fast and make this about the right thing. This is a spiritual discipline in which we disconnect from the world and get closer to God. This is not a diet. This is not a religious thing to prove how spiritual you are. This is not a contest that I'm fasting more than somebody else. In fact, make sure you have this filter. Don't complain this week and also don't celebrate yourself this week. Like, don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I haven't eaten. That's the point. <laughs> and when we make it about us, we lose some of the benefits of, of fasting. Give you seven things to set us up well this week as we head into our fast. Write this down, set an objective. Have clear goals this week of, of what you're trying to do. An objective of what you're gonna fast. And church, I just wanna lead you for a moment the fast should cost you something. Like if you hate broccoli, you can't fast broccoli. <laughs> Pastor, I'm fasting Brussels sprouts this week. You haven't had Brussels sprouts in 13 years. That's not a fast. <laughs> no, we should do something. That we should give up something that we love for something that we love even more, and that is the Spirit of God. There are all types of fasts. We have resources on the website, so many different resources and types of fasts. There's the Daniel fast of fruits and vegetables. There's water-only fast where you just drink water. There's juice fast. There's so many different ones. You can skip a meal. You could yeah, do a sun-up to sundown fast or traditional fast where you eat before the sun comes up and you don't eat again until the sun goes down. So many different ways in which you can disconnect from the world and connect with God. And I do recommend... Uh, uh, a week of maybe disconnecting from some social media or media, some distractions. But I wanna be really clear, a fast is just when it concerns food. So we can take a break from social media, we can take a break from TV, but that's not considered a, a, a fast is giving up a desire of the flesh, food, to connect with God. And so I'm just believing that all of us, if we call extra home, are gonna give up something. Let this be the first year that you, you fast a day, you fast a meal, you fast your favorite things. Whatever it is, just start somewhere. But make sure it's something that, that you're going to miss so it's a reminder that your flesh is dying and your spirit is being lifted up. Set an objective. Here's the second one. Commit to that objective. Commit to that objective. If you're like me, you will rationalize breaking this fast on day two. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you. He did it again. 
He answered all my prayers in two days. Man, everybody else has to fast seven. I just have to fast two. I'm going to McDonald's. <laughs> two things that happen on the fast. I look for a reason to rationalize breaking it, and I crave the worst fast food every single year. Just drive by like, oh my gosh, what I would do right now <laughs> for a taco. <laughs> Commit to your fast. Make sure you surround yourself with people that are holding you accountable and pushing you to, to committing to your fast. There's one person in my life, and I won't name them, Pastor Jake Lavender. <laughs> he tries to get me to go to lunch on day one of the fast every year. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, commit to it. Set an objective, a clear objective. Here's what I'm going to do, and then commit to that objective. Here's the third one. Prepare yourself spiritually. Amen. Prepare yourself spiritually. Make sure this is a spiritual thing. Not an action church thing. Not a calendar thing. Not a religious thing. Not a health thing. A spiritual thing. What does that look like, Pastor? Prepare your heart, prepare your mind. Ask God to reveal some things that you're struggling with right now. Maybe some areas of sin in your life. Repent from those and go into this week with a clear conscience and a clear heart. Maybe remove yourself, removing some bitterness from your life or forgiving someone, reaching out and attempting to restore relationships. You're walking into this week prepared spiritually. Here's the next one, prepare yourself physically. If you've never fasted before, go in a little bit easier maybe, maybe a day at a time, a meal at a time, begin to remove some things, don't just jump all in and make sure if you have any medical conditions to, to check with a physician to make sure that you can fast or what you should fast or what it would look like to you. Again, you're not proving anything to God, you're disconnecting from the world and connecting to God. This is not, you don't get a trophy. God's not gonna look down and be like, 2023, you went three days without eating. Here's a trophy for eternity. Like, it's, that's not how this works. It's a mechanism, it's a discipline so that we can posture ourselves in a way to make room. In fact, that song is a perfect illustration for why we fast. We're making room on our table, in our stomach, and in our life to say, God, I want more of you and less of me making room in this season. I'm preparing myself physically and spiritually. Here's the next one. Maintain a schedule. I'm just helping you. This is gonna be the longest week of your life. I never go to bed earlier than on a fast. Days never feel longer. When you don't go out to eat, when you're not watching TV, and when you're not eating meals with other people, it feels like 24 hours turns into 36. If you've never done it, just wait. Just staring at your family like, y'all wanna go to sleep? <laughs> maintain a schedule I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up I, I would love I'd love to challenge you as your pastor every single person if you call extra trouble if you're visiting we'd still love to have you but if you call extra trouble make it a priority one of these days we've got six options I know we've got school and we've got business we've got travel come to one of our morning prayers and, and give God a morning of your life and corporately come and pray with us or make encounter a, a priority next week let's really go after God and seek God in this fast and make room as we get to the end of the fast, there's a couple other things as, as I get uh, wrap up just teaching on fasting. Break the fast gradually. That's really helpful. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. Don't fast for water only all week and go get yourself a large pizza. You're gonna go to the hospital. Break gradually. We got all those resources on our website uh, on how to fast, what you could fast. 
and also how to break gradually what it looks like. All those resources will be there. We've got prayer guides on there as well. We'll have those uh, across all of our locations as well. Here's the last one, and I think the most important one as we prepare for the fast. Write this down. Expect results. The first six are practical. This last one is spiritual and the faith piece. Expect results. Like expect God to be who he says he is and expect God to be able to do what he says he can do. Like go into this week, set an objective for what you're gonna fast, but make a list of what you're fasting for. There are things in your life These only come out through prayer and fasting. This is only healed through prayer and fasting. Breakthrough is only received through prayer and fasting. And begin to make that list. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a struggle, maybe it's a sin issue, maybe it's a health condition. I don't know what it is, but expect God to do what he says he can do. James says the fervent and passionate prayer of the righteous produces great results. Expect results. Like today, I'm standing, praising you in advance, God, that this week, this season, this year is gonna be different. I'm gonna seek God. I'm gonna disconnect from the world. I'm gonna connect to you, and I'm gonna expect for you to show up. I'm expect for you to heal. I'm expect for you to do the miraculous. I'm expect for you to give me peace and surpasses all understanding. Whatever he's gonna do, expect results. I'm believing this week that We will have a a Daniel type of experience that we will separate ourselves for a season. We will disconnect from some things for a season. And on the other side of it, we'll look differently. Says Daniel and these young men were blessed. They were given places of honor. They were given great roles. They were trusted after They made some right decisions. I'm praying this week as we make some right decisions and put God in the proper place. This won't just be Daniel's story. This won't just be an Old Testament story. It'll be our story. I wrote this down in a world that has adopted spiritual things outside of the Holy Spirit. It is important now more than ever to stir our tanks, to stir our faith through prayer and fasting. Separating ourselves from this world and remembering that our home isn't here, our home is in heaven. That we're not led by our flesh, we're led by the Spirit. That when you give your life to Jesus, you are no longer just here having a worldly experience. You are an eternal being, just walking through it, light and momentary troubles in this flesh. This flesh is not lasting forever, so why would we allow it to lead us in this life? Fasting reminds us that we are spirit-led. We are spirit beings. So let's allow God to speak to us this week by making that commitment to put God first. I'm praying we all take part. I'm praying, I'm just expecting results. I really believe, I believe it's all my heart that that God's stirring some new things. This is not a a series. This is a a word for your life and a word for our church. I believe for us to get ready to take off into those new things, we gotta stir the tanks and that is prayer and fasting. So I'm calling us as a church to seek God like we never have before. Would you bow your heads at all of our locations, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for your presence that's been in the rooms this morning. Church, every head bowed, every eye closed. We never gathered Action Church without giving all of our auditoriums and online an opportunity to, to meet Jesus. Because we're talking about connecting the things of God. We're talking about stirring the tanks. We're talking about making sure we have the proper readings and the, the proper things in our life. But prayer and fasting, all that, all of that are next steps. The first step has to be that you have a relationship with God. Well, Pastor, how do I have a relationship with God? That's, that's what Jesus did. Through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, that the creation... Because of sin, an unholy people could never be reconciled to a holy God. So God sent his son, Jesus, the second part of the Trinity, who lived a perfect life to qualify himself to die in your place because our sin demanded a sacrifice. Well, he was the perfect sacrifice because he lived perfectly. He lived among us, but he did not live like us. He lived a perfect life for you so we could die a sinner's death as you. It's a sacrifice in exchange. His death gives us access to salvation and grace. His resurrection, which happened right after that, he's no longer in the grave, he's been resurrected, gives us victory. The cross gives us salvation. The resurrection gives us victory. How do we receive that? Romans 10, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? It simply means we surrender control to him. So if you want to do that today, say, Pastor, I want to connect to God more this year. I, I want to, to have a spiritual foundation for my life. That starts with a relationship with Jesus. So this is your first step. If that's you here or at one of other locations or online, you say, Pastor, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Or for whatever reason, I've been disconnected from the things of God. And today, I feel like I'm being called back into a relationship. And I'm recommitting my life today. So for the first time, am I recommitting your life for the first time in a long time? Would you raise your hands? I know who I'm praying with today. I, I need Jesus in my life. I got one, two, three, four. Yes, several down here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Got you in the corner. See you, man. Yep, yep. In the stadium as well. Oviedo and South. Sanford. Action Online. A couple more going up in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So proud of you. What an amazing way to start the year, start the rest of your life, giving Jesus complete control. You can put your hands down. If you raised your hand, would you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud? Say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. You're in control and I give you that place. Thank you for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us this week. I, I pray, Lord, we would seek you. We would search what you would have us to, to give up so that we can gain more of you. And let that be our prayer this week. We're gonna make room for you in every area of our life, specifically when it comes to the spiritual things in our life, that you're gonna lead us, that our spirit would rise up and our flesh would fall down and we would look more like you. I pray expecting great results in Jesus' name. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate the dozens of decisions just happened? Come on, really celebrate them. We're so proud of you.